You're about to listen to a message of Foundation of Truth Assembly. May the word you hear bear fruits in your heart now and always. And who is there like you, O Lord? Who is like you among the gods? You do glorious things. You do powerful things. You do mighty things. You reign, God of angel armies, God of all mankind, God of all that is seen and is unseen. Your kingdom is forever. You reign in the affairs of men. You are the ruler, the almighty. The almighty, we worship you. We worship you this morning. We bring back praise. Lord God, with a grateful heart, we say thank you. Alpha and Omega, thank you. We started this month. And here is the last Saturday of the month. We thank you. We pray that our thanksgiving, our worship, our praises, and indeed our grateful hearts will be acceptable before you. Let our worship be like a sweet smelling savour that rises to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord God, we decree and declare in the name of Jesus Christ that this atmosphere will change. That there will be a shift, the one that accommodates your glory, the one where you are enthroned in the name of Jesus Christ. That in all that we continue to do, that we will see Jesus. That Jesus will be revealed in the name of Jesus. That his wisdom will be revealed and his power will be made available while his word rents the air in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord God, we trust in the efficacy of your word. We know that this eternal word still works wonders. That our lives be transformed by it. In the name of Jesus Christ. We worship and adore your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. I hear flood gates being opened. I decree and declare over situations that have become hopeless, where doors seem to be too strong to open. I decree and declare in the name of Jesus Christ. Let those doors open now in the name of Jesus Christ. Let the floodgates of heaven be opened. And let there be rain in the name of Jesus Christ. In lands that have not experienced the blessing of God, the rain of heaven. Let those lands be the first particles. Let those lands be the first particles. You have not had a testimony in months. You have not had a testimony in years. Receive yours now in the name of Jesus Christ. Let it be unto you according to the word of the Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. Blessed be the name of Jesus in Jesus mighty name we are prayed amen put your hands together for Jesus oh lord god we thank you for this morning this is a beautiful morning last saturday of the month of february glorious one and we just want to bless the name of the lord hallelujah and welcome back we welcome you back to this um, new wine service whereby the grace of god as a youth church of the foundation of truth assembly we try to bring God's word to us every Saturday. We come together and 
have a community worship. We have our members, leaders in worship virtually, and we come together to share God's word, you know, encourage one another through the encouragement of scriptures. I believe that this is a blessing to you. And if it is, please don't enjoy it alone. Invite others, get others to be part of this. It is not only open to Fota, it's open to every Christian, every believer, especially those who are youthful at heart, irrespective of their age or status in life. Those who are serious with God, those who want to really make impact in this life. We invite you to be part of what God is doing in our midst. And we pray that the blessing of the Lord will rest upon you and your household in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, before I go on to um, bring us God's word, I just want to remind us of two important things that we've announced before. Um, the 412 Hangouts, um, our getaway is this weekend. So if you have not been part of it you still have an opportunity to hurry and join the team at the location the details are available on all our handles do yourself a word of good go there check and make yourself available you never know god has something big in stock for you don't miss out and the second one is something that i i i know that will interest you in fact it's particularly important to me because um today we begin our lead pastors football and volleyball cup in abuja and um you know each one of the pastors we are the um patrons of the different clubs so my club is playing today and i i hope we win i hope we win so by god's grace after this service i also go hurry and cheer them on to victory this is how we do it this is Futa, and we know that um as we do this that the lord will help each one of us to even bond better and together as a team deliver more for the kingdom today we conclude the series we started a couple of weeks back where we started uh, gleaning the lessons on the road to recovery using the case of david as a study material and we started with the book of first samuel chapter 30. We have read a couple of verses from verse 1 and through it we've taken topics such as um, exposed and exploited, pop the question and last week was very good acting on conviction and um, you know a, a lot of um, um, actions on my part, <laughs> on my part, I've also started based on certain convictions that I have put in the cooler. You know God's word is like a double-edged sword and I, I must confess, you know, while this message was on last week during the new wine service, I myself was listening. And this is something I do. I do not take the grace of God for granted. Sometimes you get too familiar uh, with, your, with your ministry that uh, it, it doesn't bless you. But I, I told myself earlier in ministry life to say, see, when the man of God is ministering it doesn't matter who that man of god is as long as i believe in their ministry and i know that god is using them i'm going to pay attention and listen to them and when that man is me sometimes too i do exactly the same thing i apply the same diligence to listen when god is using me to speak or to minister somewhere maybe i'm listening to the recording i also pay the price to listen to the recording to go download it go to the anchor uh, platform download it there listen or just listen via the platform and share with people so long story short while i was listening last week during the message something hit me and i, I was amazed did this actually go out it hit me it was a message for me and i didn't know i didn't know and it hit me and god brought something back to me and said this is something i've told you to do you've got all the information that you need but you, you think you need more no you don't need more go ahead and act and I've begun to act on it. 
I believe that uh, God will also speak to us today. I don't know who it, it will be meant for, but please pay attention because God is still speaking and He will be confirming His word with signs and wonders in the name of Jesus Christ. So today we conclude with a topic guided by compassion. Guided by compassion. And we're going to continue reading our text. We're going to read the same book of 1 Samuel chapter 30. So we've read up to verse 10. Um, in the last three weeks, I'm going to continue from verse 11 today, and hopefully we wrap up. All right, let's go. Turn your Bibles with me to 1 Samuel chapter 30 and read from verse 11. The Bible says in verse 11, Then they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David, and they gave him bread, and he ate. And they let him drink water, and they gave him a piece of cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. So when he had eaten, his strength came back to him. For he had eaten no bread nor drunk water for three days and three nights. Then David said to him, To whom do you belong? And where are you from? And the man said, I am a young man from Egypt, servants of an Amalekite. And my master left me behind because three days ago I fell sick. Verse 16, we made an invasion of the southern area of the Cherethites in the territory which belongs to Judah and of the southern area of Caleb. And we burned Ziklag with fire. Wow. So David said in verse 15, and David said to him, can you take me down to this troop? So he said, swear to me by God that you will neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master. And I will take you down to the troop. And when he had brought him down, there they were, spread out over all the land, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. Then David attacked them from twilight until the evening of the next day. Not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who rode on camels and fled. So David covered he recovered all that the Amalekites had taken away. And David rescued his two wives, and nothing of theirs was lacking, either great or small, sons or daughters, spoil of anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. Father, in the name of Jesus, as this word goes forth, Lord, empower it for all that you have in mind. In the name of Jesus Christ, I receive the tongue of a ready writer. Lord God, let our people, let everyone receive the kind of heart that follows your word. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Interesting climax to a very long story. You remember how we started the story, how David went somewhere other than where he should be. He became exposed. His land was looted. And uh, some marauders came to the house and took away everything he had, took away his family, took away everyone in the city, burnt down the city with fire. And went away. And the Bible talked about how David had inquired of the Lord. Should I chase after these guys? And God said, go ahead and do it. I have given them to you. You will recover all. And the Bible says, upon that conviction, David sprung into action. He mobilized his men and they went out. Two thirds of the men stayed with him. Why one third fell off? One third said, we can't do this. This is too difficult. We can't do this. And they went back. But David was not deterred. He went across the brook Bessor and left those 200 men. The Bible says, as they proceeded from that place, where they left behind those who were too weary to 
engage further in the journey. The Bible says they ran into something. They ran into someone. The Bible says they found an Egyptian. They found an Egyptian. That is David's men. And they brought that Egyptian. They brought him to David. Context. You know, when you, you are chasing thoughts after people who have taken something that is precious to you. And you suddenly remember that you don't have the address of where you are going. You just have a conviction based on what God has told you. That you are going to achieve success in your journey. And they were on that kind of journey. And there comes this distraction. In the, the road, you know, they just met one guy looking hungry and sick. And he wasn't even looking like anything close to anyone in their camp. His look was the look of an Egyptian because the moment they saw him, his men could tell. This guy looks like an Egyptian. Look at his nose, look at his eyes, look at his lips. You know, when we see Africans, we, we can tell, you know, our lips, our nose, you know, the way it looks. You know, the way we talk, when we open our mouth, the, the edgy sound be, behind every word we use. You know, you know, this guy looks like a, it looks like an African. You know, this guy is an Egyptian. This guy is an African. So they brought him to David. You know, it's very interesting. Uh, people in Israel, the way they relate with people in Egypt is very different. And you, you need to understand the historical context. Egypt was a torture master to Israel for many, 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 many years. And the story must have passed down from generation to generation to let you know Egyptians are not your friends. In fact, Egyptians hate you and you should not be their friends. Don't relate with them. If, if you see them, just stay away from them. They should not come into your camp. You know, that's the normal sentiment. But these men, they defied that normal sentiment. They did not stereotype the guy they saw. And they just brought the guy. You know, I'm wondering, how, how do these things happen? This guy doesn't look like anything that can become anything for them. Why were they trying to help somebody? I thought they were in trouble. I thought they lost things. I thought they lost um, hope. In fact, they've lost some men. Some men couldn't go with them. This was a managed to cross the brook. And they still had the, the audacity to abandon their expedition. A very serious mission. And be paying attention to a very helpless, helpless guy. That's where the catch is. Sometimes we are too engrossed in what is happening to us, what we are chasing, that we miss that helpless destiny helper. I'll say it again. Some destiny helpers don't look like it. In fact, the time you meet them, they look like the person that didn't help. And because you feel you are in a position to help, you neglect your would-be helper because you are not discerning. These men were not like that. I don't know why and how they managed to, you know, trigger something. But they were moved by compassion. The compass that led them to that young man was compassion. They saw him lying down somewhere, maybe along the dusty roads of the desert Palestine region. And they just felt, it won't hurt. Can we just go check? Is this guy dead? And they got there and found out he's not dead, he's half dead. Maybe three quarters dead, maybe 90% dead. Can we do something? So they brought him to the leader of the troop. They brought him to David. Thank God for the heart of David. 
They brought the young man to David. And David must have instructed them. Guys, feed this guy. You see, he's hungry. This guy is no risk to us. He's hungry. He's looking pale. Bible said the guy had not eaten for three days and three nights. It's not hunger strike. He was abandoned. He was abandoned. So they gave him food. Say, guy, chop. Chop this chop. So they gave him food. He ate. They gave him something to drink. He drank. They gave him snacks. He ate. And the Bible says, you know, his spirit kind of came back. And he was able to, you know, recognize where he was. He was able to see, wow, I'm in the midst of strangers. But these strangers are benevolent strangers. They've helped me. I was fainting out of this hunger strike. I had no food, no energy left. But they've helped me. So he had to comport himself. So the leader of the troop asked him, Hello, my friend. To whom do you belong? That is, where is your allegiance? Are you for us or are you against us? Looking at him, he could tell this guy is not um, a rich man. He's not um, an independent person. This is most likely a servant. You know, back in the day, for servants, there were different ways that you will easily recognize them. Even in the land of Israel, there was a system of branding. That is, I'm, I'm not talking about wearing a, a brand. Um, if someone was declared a servant, having been bought by someone else who is called a master, or being born into the house of someone who is a master to their parents, that person automatically becomes a servant in that house. So a mark is put on them to say, you are a servant, not a son. Huh? So one of the things they do is that they pierce parts of their body. Sometimes they pierce their ears. Sometimes they pierce their uh, nose or pierce some other part of their body as a branding to mark them. So David must have seen something to say, this is not an independent citizen. So who is your owner? He asked him, to whom do you belong? I know this is very interesting. This is how some people are in the spirit. Because some people have refused to embrace Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. They are still servants. They are still slaves. So the devil can tell. The angels can tell. The spiritual people can tell when they see those marks on them. They say, this one is not free. This one is under bondage. There's a mark on this one. Oh, you think it's only physical marks. There are spiritual marks on some people. So they can tell there is a mark on this one. Oh, you don't believe me. If you recall the story of Cain and Abel, how Cain uh, killed his brother. The Bible said God put a mark on him. That if anyone saw him, they would not be able to kill him. It was a mark of some sort that represented something. Is it the spiritual? And we know that these things are still possible both on the positive spiritual side and the negative spiritual spectrum. So a mark must have been on this guy to sell him out immediately to say, this guy is a servant. So to whom do you belong? And where are you from? That is, where, what's your allegiance? What's your origin? Can we know where you're coming from so that we know how to treat you? To know what we're going to do with you. To know whether we can take you on our journey. To know whether we'll just help you, give you some food and, you know, give you some money and say, go find your way. So the man began to introduce himself. Remember, David asked him two questions. To whom do you belong? And where are you from? So the man answered and said, I am a young man from Egypt. So he answered the origin question from first. That is, where do you come from? So the man said, I am from Egypt. Good. And 
servants of an Amalekite. So that's the answer to the first part. To whom do you belong? I am from Egypt and a servant to an Amalekite. The man should have stopped there. But he didn't. Read your Bible. The man didn't stop there. He had answered the question that David asked him. But he went further. And you will see why the man collected extra sheets for this question paper. The man said, And my master left me behind because three days ago I fell sick. My master left me behind because three days ago I fell sick. As far as the master was concerned, this guy is going to cause me a problem. You know, we are raiders. We are soldiers. We have gone to different places to raise the place. And my personal servant, who I took with me on this journey, has become sick. This guy is no use to me. He can't run. He can't fight. And by the way, I don't care about his life. I don't care about his health. He's sick. Okay, so he can't do anything for me. He can't run errands for me. He's no use to me. Let me just dump him let him die in this desert. That's why the man spoke up. You know, something I learned early in, <laughs> in my career about customer service is that if you do something good to a customer, they are not as likely to tell others. Like, if you did something bad to a customer, they will volunteer that information very, very easily. In fact, before people ask them about your brand, they will finish you. That's what happened to this man. Because the master wasn't kind to this guy. In his moments of need, he was abandoned, left to die. He had no food, no medication, no care. So, after the man answered the questions he was asked, he said, let me give you bonus answer. I'm in this situation, you met me here because somebody treated me like trash. He dropped me here. He thought I should just die because I can't help him. Maybe I will hinder his journey. So he left me here to die. And I've, I've been this man's servant. I left my country. He didn't tell us the circumstances. I left Egypt. I'm a servant to an Amalekite. But in my day of need, he left me. This is how some of us have left people who could have helped us. We have treated them like trash. And we didn't know we were setting ourselves up for a risk. You didn't mitigate that risk. You left that servant there in their moment of need. You left that staff there in their moment of need. You left that friend there in their moment of need. You left that relative there in their moment of need. Because your estimate is that they are not important to you. You have written them off in your book. You have turned them to scrap material. You left them there. And then this risk crystallized. Because this man that you left as trash has been discovered by somebody who thinks this guy could be a treasure. So David continued to interrogate the guy. Because the guy didn't stop there. The guy went in verse 14 and began to make more declarations. He was revealing more information. He said, we made an invasion of the southern area of the Cherethites. In the territory belongs to Judah. And of the southern area of Caleb. And we burned Ziklag with fire. Bingo! All the alarms 
in David's head and that in the head of his men. All those alarms went off. You did what you born Ziklag. This is the guy we're looking for. How God does these things, I don't know. Did somebody put a gun to that guy's head to start confessing? Nobody did. He could have stopped at Bad Mountain his, um, his master just as an explanation for why he was in that situation. And he could have stopped there. But he didn't stop. God began to whine him. Say, talk more, talk more, talk more, talk more, talk more. I pray for you. The information that you have struggled in your life to find and you have paid a huge price and still could not find, may it come to you easily. In the name of Jesus, by reason of the word that is proceeding, the information that will change your story, the information that will bring you to limelight, the information that will shift your level, may that information find you. In the name of Jesus, may you find that information. Whoever is carrying that information, whether they are holding it, deliberately, whether they just left it off without thinking about its importance to themselves or to anybody, may they discover it and bring it to you. In the name of Jesus, that life-changing information, that life-changing information, may it find you this week, may it find you this weekend, may you receive that call that will change the course of your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. This was what happened to David. David was just, you know, being kind. He, he, he didn't set out for any serious, serious, serious fact-finding mission. He was just being kind. Then the guy had recovered his health, you know. Let's just engage him. Let's just engage this guy. And in the process of engaging him, something popped up. The information that was going to make a man the success of the expedition came forth. And David said, yes, this is it. So verse 15, David, having recognized the opportunity, said to the man, can you take me down to this troop? Because if you are talking about a troop that burns down Ziglag, then that must be the troop I'm looking for. God has told me I need to get into action and chase after these people and recover all that belongs to me. But I don't know where they are. But it looks as if they are the missing link. Can you please take me there? The man said, ah, 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 okay. please slow down, slow down now. You know, this thing you are asking me, this is a risky thing. This is very risky, very risky. You know what, you, and we've seen this in movies. You snitch on your team, the enemy can still waste you at the end of it. They find your team and waste you so that they remove all evidence. Or they get there and for some reason, they are overpowered by the other team and then you are left roasting and of course we know what's going to happen it's going to be summarily executed so the man said you got to make a promise to me you need to swear by your god i know that you israelites you serve a very big god that you fear so much we've read about all your story and we know how powerful your god is at least our parents told us about the 10 plagues so please can you swear can you swear to me by your god that you will neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master if you can tell me that, I will take you there. Deal or no deal? David said, that's not a problem. <laughs> that's not a problem. I can swear for you. In fact, we will go there together. I will make sure you are guarded and protected. Nobody is going to release you to your master. Just make sure you take us right there. And the man said, okay, fine. I hold my end of the bargain. So the man led them to the troop. He led them to the troop. And by the time they got there, you know, <laughs> everything changed. Everything changed. But you know, it all started with compassion. It all started with David being able to, to see 
a need to do something that wasn't necessary. Help someone while he himself was in trouble. And I, I totally understand how difficult this is. You know, sometimes you are just carrying your own problem on your head. You are thinking about how you are going to solve your own problems. The resources you have are not even enough. You are praying, you are seeking counsel, you are looking for ideas to grow your income. And somebody comes with a problem. Their house rent has expired. And you are analyzing, shouldn't you have known that your house rent will expire? It's a yearly thing. You should have planned it, you know, you should have been making monthly provisions towards it. And you begin to analyze why it's their fault that they are there. Yes, it may be true that it's their fault. But again, our powers of mercy as a believer should not be short. So sometimes these things come to you and a demand comes to you. When you are also in need, what do you do? What most of us do is that we do nothing. And sometimes we don't know how God will use those little acts of kindness. I'm not saying solve everybody's problems because you can't. But can you be kind? Can you be compassionate? And this was what, for me, is a game changer in this entire story. If David hadn't been kind, if David hadn't had compassion on this man, he would never have discovered this gold mine of an information that led him to the success of his expedition. Never! And we see signs of all this scattered all through scriptures. If you go with me to the book of Genesis chapter 40, Let's go check our friend Joseph in the book of Genesis chapter 40. Bible talked about Joseph being in serious trouble for doing good. Bible said he had become a prisoner. They've taken him to prison for doing nothing. We know the story. I don't have time to go into all that today. And he was in there with two very important men, the butler of Pharaoh and the baker of Pharaoh. What beats me each time I read this story is the fact that in the midst of all Joseph's woes, he still had time and he still had the heart to look at people's faces and say, this one is looking sad, this one is looking happy. Who cares? Who cares? When Joseph was in that kind of situation, should he care? If you read from verse 6 of the book of Genesis, Bible says, and Joseph came in to them in the morning, them meaning the baker and the butler, and looked at them and saw that they were sad. So he did something about it. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in the custody of his Lord's house, said, why do you look so sad today? And they said to him, oh, we each had a dream and there is no interpretation. So Joseph said to him, doesn't interpretation belong to God? Tell them to me, please. Thank God, Joseph paid attention to how those guys were looking that day. He would have rot in prison. I don't know, maybe after some time, they would just say, bring him out, use his head for suya or barbecue. You know, slaves could be treated the way their masters felt was fine. They were the property of the masters. They could do anything with them. But on that fateful day, even though Joseph had a reason to be sad, he looked at someone else and said, Yesterday you were looking bright. Today you are not looking bright. Is there something that is wrong? Perhaps I may be able to do something about it. And that day he, he, he made the impression that became a memory that brought him out of prison. 
He interpreted the dream of the butler and the baker. Unfortunately, the baker lost his job and lost his life. The butler was restated to his job. And then a bigger opportunity arose. Guess whose name was remembered? Joseph. I don't know what the problem you may have. I don't know what it is. I don't know the size of it. But please don't carry it on your head. Even if you have to carry it on your shoulder, please open your eyes and be sensitive to the opportunities for compassion that God will bring around your way. You never know that could be your compass that will lead you out of that situation. It might not appear like it now because when uh, Joseph was interpreting the dream to the butler, there was not much. David, uh, Joseph only made an attempt to say, guys, when you do get out of this place, please remember me. Remember me. And when the right time came, it was remembered. It's not only Joseph. You remember how Abraham, at that very old age, he was about 99. At that time, he had already chased out Ishmael out of the house. He was childless at 99. Surrounded by slaves, Eliezer being the chief among them. Surrounded with a lot of assets, lots of camel, lots of goodwill, political connection. Great. He had access to kings. He was a blessed man. But he had no child at that point in time. He had every right to be a sad person. He had every right to be a bitter person. The, the only child he managed to, you know, agree with his wife to create in error. God had instructed him to listen to Sarah and chase not only the woman that brought the child out, I chased the child out. So Abraham had every reason to be sad. That should be Genesis chapter 18. Every reason to be sad. But while he was in that situation, he had compassion on strangers. And that was the beginning of the change of the story. Some words that have been spoken over our heads can only be triggered by compassion. I know you like fasting. It's good. Please do it as often as you can. You like praying. Fantastic. Pray with all your zeal and energy. You like to worship. Please worship God. But don't forget compassion. Look all through the ministry of Jesus Christ. Bible says, And he was led by compassion and he fed them. And he was led by compassion. He laid hands on them and healed them. He was led by compassion. He opened eyes. Compassion. Compassion is a compass. Compass to miracles. Compass to breakthrough. Compass to lifting. Genesis 18 verse 1. Bible says, Then the Lord appeared to him, him here being Abraham, by the tenebrant tree of Mamre. And as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day, so he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them. And bowed himself to the ground and said, My Lord, if I have now found favor on your sight, do not pass by your servant. Please, let a little water be brought. And wash your feet. And rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a morsel of bread. That you may refresh your heart. After that, you may pass by inasmuch as you have come to your servant. Then they said, Do as you have said. 
So Abraham hurried into the tent and told Sarah, we know what? He told Sarah, you, you know, here he was telling the angels, just come, you know, take some water to wash your legs, you know, and rest under this tree for a while, under his shade, you know, and I'll bring you some, you know, some bread, some cake. But he told Sarah, I said, don't bring cake home. Just bring some cake first. But guys, go and slaughter that fatting calf. Make some suya, make some barbecue. Put some onions around it. Make it look nice. Let it be well dressed. And bring it. Bring some, you know, some juice, some, some, some wine. Bring something for the men to drink. Not just wash their legs. Let them wash their belly. Bible says he entertains them. Strangers. Strangers. Like this strange Egyptian was entertained by David and his men. Abraham entertained strangers. And then something happened. If you go to verse 13, the Bible says, And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? <laughs> you know, before he asked this question, he had asked, the Lord had made a pronouncement. If you, if you go earlier in verse 10, God had made a pronouncement that it, certainly by this time next year, Sarah will be carrying a child. So in verse 10, he said, Why did Sarah laugh? Saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you. And according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. The confirmation of God's word was provoked by an act of kindness, an act of compassion. And we know certainly she didn't miss that year. Even though she was about 90 years at that time, she didn't miss that year. Bible says she conceived and bore a son, not just any child, a son of promise, a son with a name on it. The name shall be called laughter. Laughter. Because you laugh. We will call his name laughter. Isaac, laughter. May God trigger you. And I'm talking to you. May God trigger you to identify that person you need to help. That situation where you need to intervene that will give you an access to the things you have struggled to get in the last 10 years in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't know who I'm speaking to. But some of us, we need to open our bowels of mercy. We need to open it up. In that situation, yes, it looks as if you are down. But you got to pick yourself up. You need to pick yourself up and show mercy to someone else who is less privileged. You know, you may think of yourself as not having something, but you have something that you can help somebody with. You know, the mistake we make is that we feel the people who should have others are the rich people. And that's where we get it wrong. You don't have to be rich before you help people. It's a thing of the heart. And when you do that, you never know which door you are opening for yourself. You never know. Let's get back to our story. I think I've digressed to um, Joseph and you know, to Abraham. So, where were we? We're in verse 15. Verse 15, David said to him, can you take me down to this troop? So he said, swear to me. We read that. Then verse 16, the Bible says, And he, he had brought him down. There they were spread out all over the land. Eating and drinking and dancing. I don't know, maybe they were doing dorime, you know. They were just rejoicing. They have been losing everybody. And they were just bouncing there, you know, feeling cool. Playing loud music. The Bible said they were drinking, eating and dancing. Because of all the great spoil which they are taking from the land of Philistines and the land of Judah. Okay, pause here. 
So they went to the land of Philistine. Ziglag was part of the Philistine territory at the time. So the Bible said they are taking something from them. But it's not only the land of Philistine. It said they also went to the land of Judah. So whatever they had there was more than what was in David's house. What they took in David's city. Right? The Bible said then David attacked them from twilight until the evening of the next day. Not a man of them escaped except for 400 men. Verse 16. So David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. So when David was making recovery in verse 18, what he was recovering was more than what was taken away from him. Are you getting my point? David recovered more than what he lost. The Bible says indeed, David recovered all. Everything that he had lost, he recovered all. You remember where we started? That this year for us as a church, as we declared a year of refreshing and recovery. And that's, that's why we started to teach this. To say on the road to recovery, there are, there are lessons for us to pick. But the end of the story is that you will recover all. Can I hear an amen? I said the end of the story is that you will recover all. Everything that you have lost. Everything. That the Lord has said you shall recover. Nothing will be beaten in it. In the name of Jesus Christ, I decree and declare. Your steps will be so ordered. You will recover more than you lost. In the name of Jesus Christ. Everywhere where things that belong to you have been taken away. And strangers are rejoicing and dancing. And making merry of what is ordinarily yours. I decree and declare that you will recover those things with interest. In the name of Jesus Christ. As David recovered with interest. We are praying now. We are praying now. Mandra Tala Tukate Ezuzutato. As David recovered with interest, I pray for you the years that you have lost. You shall recover with interest. In the name of Jesus, every resource, every asset that you have lost, I pray in the name of Jesus, I summon recovery for you on your behalf. I summon recovery on your behalf. In the name of Jesus Christ, every good chance that you have lost, whether it was by reason of your carelessness or by the attack on the, of the enemy, when you men slept, I pray in the name of Jesus that there shall be a recovery from this moment in the name of Jesus for those of you who have lost good health recover your health now in the name of Jesus Christ I decree and declare for those of you who have lost jobs recover your jobs now I don't care the situation you shall be called back in the name of Jesus as many of you that have lost opportunities you lost an opportunity to be admitted into that school of your choice may that opportunity be brought back to you. May it be brought back to you. In the name of Jesus, for as many of you that lost money, you invested. You did not listen to the Lord. You put your money where you should not have put it. In the name of Jesus, by reason of mercy, by reason of mercy, God has mercy on David. By reason of mercy, may you recover all in the name of Jesus. May you recover all in the name of Jesus. In homes where peace has been lost. In homes where love has been lost. May there be a recovery in the name of Jesus. May there be a recovery in the name of Jesus. That word you need to hear that will turn the situation around. May you hear it today in the name of Jesus. May you hear it today. I decree and declare all around you times of refreshing shall spring forth. Times of refreshing in the name of Jesus. I stand with you in the spirit and decree a time of refreshing. A time of refreshing over your land. There shall be rain. There shall be a time of refreshing.
Your land will bud again. Your land will flower again. Your land will fruit again. In the name of Jesus Christ. That hopeless situation, let hope be restored. I speak hope and life to it. I speak hope and life to it. In the name of Jesus. That situation that looks as if it is too late to be recovered. That health situation that seems it is too late to recover. Doctors have pronounced that it is over. I decree in the name of Jesus that there is a fresh start. There is a fresh start. There is a fresh start. You are the verge of being pushed out, of being pushed away. I decree in the name of Jesus, your restoration begins from this minute. From this minute, your restoration begins. In the name of Jesus Christ, you shall have a testimony. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you, Father. Thank you for being with us at all times. And we know that the words that we have decreed and declared in the place of prayer, these words will not return void. They shall accomplish that for which you sent them. In the name of Jesus, it is written concerning me, that I shall also decree a thing, and it shall be established. Every word that I have declared and decreed, in the name of Jesus Christ, let there be an establishment of those words. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Put your hands together and join us next week when we begin another series. God bless you. Thank you for listening. To get copies of messages, kindly visit our ministry material store and also worship with us at Foundation of Truth Assembly Headquarters on 40 Stroke 42 Imam Dowdell Street off Eric Mosso Lagos. God bless you.